Back home again in dear old Elmhurst, and it seems that I can see the gleaming French porch lights still burning bright through the seven wards of trees. The backyard skunks send all their fragrance through the streets I used to roam. When I dream about the moonlight on her salt creek, how I long for my great big Elmer's home. Golly! And now, podcasting from a two-person hot tub, high atop the Butterfield Park water tower, it's the E-Town Lowdown, created by Robbie and Rick. And now, your handsome hosts, PK, Rick, and their highly paid intern, Malort. Welcome to another edition of the E-Town Lowdown. I'm here with my buddies, PK and Malort. How are you guys? Great. Good. It's been a long time since we've done a podcast. Yeah, good it? to be back. I missed yeah. you. We're here in the summer. It would have been nice if you'd have cleaned the hot tub before we got well, back to it. But I tried. I tried. Talk about we're, hot. We're here in the summer, so it's a little warm up here. Yeah. yeah. And Steamy. kind of a sunny day. And we have a special guest with us today, don't we? Sure we? do. Our special guest is Gail Keller. Hi, Gail. Good evening. Gail is an Elmhurst resident. She is an author. She's a speaker. She's been in the tech industry for quite a long time. Her book, which she'll talk about in a little bit, is all about encouraging women to um, to have successful STEAM careers. What What is STEAM? Well, she's going to tell you. You've all heard about STEM? I have. She refers to STEAM, right, Gail? That's right. And we'll talk about that a little later. So let, let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up, Gail. Grew up in Glen Ellen, so just a hop, skip, and a jump on the Metro West Line from Elmhurst. Where'd you go to school? Glenbard West, St. Oh. Petronell before that. So like just like one of your previous guests, Matt Bowen. He went to St. Pets. I All went right. to St. Pets. My guy, Matt Bowen. Only he's better at football than I am. He's better at football than most of us. <laughs> so you went to the dump on the hump. Went to the dump on the hump and loved it. What did Lo- you, there's, lo- a, there's a better name for it. Oh, the Sh- castle on the hill. Yeah, yeah. What did you refer to us York Dorks as? York Dorks? Well, a little bit, a little bit, but you you could play you could play some game, you know. You were very competitive. <laughs> yeah. So when my parents downsized years ago from their house, they said, "Hey, I've got a hilltopper flag and an Indiana University flag. Gail, why don't you take the hilltopper flag?" I said, "I can't take that over to the streets of Elmhurst. Our house is going to get egged." Yeah, right. So my brother got that one. And and uh, Glenbard West has had some great football teams the last few years too. They have, and some good parades. And they're they might be the last. The last school in our conference here. You all right there, PK? Yeah. PK's having some technical Just difficulties. Just doing a, a little technical adjustment. Um, they might be the last school in the West Suburban Silver to have real turf. I think they still have grass on I, their football they, field. They do have grass. Yeah, across the street at their lacrosse field or whatever, they have the you know artificial turf, but... That's a great oh, yeah. fact that you want. It's really important. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because the geese hang out there because there's a lake right there, Lake 
Ellen, I believe. Lake yes. Ellen. Lake it, Ellen. Yeah. it is just gorgeous. I mean, you think you're on a college campus and I'll, we'll take our girls down there and, you know, hit the soccer ball, not the football, but the soccer ball around and kick it around. And, and it's pretty fun. It is now, my pretty. favorite movie. Yes. Lucas from the 80s. Nice. Right? Film, film there, there. Right? Oh, yeah. Who was like Winona Ryder in that or something? She was in there. Charlie Cor- Sheen? Courtney, Charlie Sheen, Courtney Thorne Smith. Really? I like Courtney Thorne Smith. She was... Uh, Alan Harper's girlfriend in Two and a Half Men. She was Jim Belushi's wife in, according to Jim, right? Man, you were yeah. You were just full of fun facts. And she, was, today. she was inside out with C. Thomas Howell. And Melrose Place. Yes. Yep. How could I forget? I'm dazzled by your facts there, wow. Rick. Yeah, I think uh, Gail could one-up me, though, on the facts. I forgot about Melrose Place. So growing up in Glen Ellen, tell us about the idyllic, childhood in Glen Ellen. Oh, it's such a storybook town. It's a great place to raise kids, but I didn't want to go back there (laughs) because I knew everyone and everybody knew my name. So what did I do? I moved two towns over, not that far, but you know, there's just a little bit removed, but it's very similar. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah, Very storybook-esque. I mean, I do think it's beautiful walking, you know, Main Street. They've got great restaurants, great shops, boutiques, lovely people that run them, just like here in Elmhurst. Ironically, my childhood sweetheart moved from Elmhurst to Glen Ellen. I'm just thinking this in my head, sharing. Wow. Yeah. Ironic. It is. I guess. I guess. (laughs) So what did you do in high school besides study? So besides study, yes. uh, And go on a few dates here and there. Oh. And a few dances. They had monthly dances, which was awesome. Really? Yes. So they monthly like youth youth center dances, they would call them. And they were so fun. So when we all get back together, even today, we love to, you know, put on our dancing shoes. So paint a picture here. Is that like boys on one wall and girls on the other? Oh, no. No, no, no. no. We commingled. The crazy times in Glen Ellen. Yeah, we definitely commingled. The true Hollywood story, Glen Ellen. Did you have dance class in junior high? I, or middle school or whatever it's called. I did not. I did not. I probably should have. We had it know? here in Elmhurst. We did. Yeah. It was yeah. a big thing in Elmhurst. You yeah. still, it still goes yeah, on. Still a thing, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, still a thing. So Kind of started with the square dancing and then kind of worked into a little more fun stuff. But, <laughs> but going back to studying, those dances were on Saturdays. So when I wasn't studying, I found something called forensics, public speaking and acting. And it got me out of my shell. So I grew up going to St. Pat's, being known as the mute. And that is not a compliment. I was afraid to look people in the eye, talk, right? Fear of judgment. What You know, girls are not nice growing up. And God had the last laugh when he gave me two girls to raise, right? So, it's hard. It's hard you, out are, there. Now, are you, just for the record, are you saying that there are mean girls at St. Pet's? There were. Okay. There were. I don't know about you, today. You heard it here first. Yep. Yep. I don't Breaking know. Breaking story on so the what, lowdown. What would make you join forensics if you were so shy? Did your parents push you? Did a teacher push you? Or was it no, all inside? It was inside. I always had courage, but I was af- I didn't know how to use it. I was afraid to use it. And when I got to high school, I'm like, huh. Everyone else went on to like Bennett and other you know other schools. Not too many uh, went to St. Pat or excuse me, Glenbard West. And I said, now's my chance. Nobody knows me. So it wasn't until I think my sophomore year that I got involved, and then I haven't shut up since. That's really I, cool. That's actually kind of like. I mean, some people do it in high school, some people do it in college, whatever, or some people never do it, some people do it before that, but it's really cool that you realize when it all happened. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I, I remember the year, and I and I loved it, yeah. because the secret was you didn't have to look anyone in the eye. It was you empowering. Could, it was empowering. Yeah. You could look over their head, and it looks like I'm looking at you in the How eye. How quickly did you transition in from being you know, this total introvert to, hey, I got this? 
Would it take a couple of years, a couple Probably six months? What sophomore year? So freshman year, I was still right dipping my toes in the hot tub. You know, you guys can relate to that. Yes, we can. Um, and so I tried, you know, volleyball and whatnot, and I I dropped out of it. It's one regret I have. I wish I would have stayed with volleyball. I was pretty good at it, but I thought, well, I can only do one thing. Must be, you know, one thing. What is it going to be? It's going to be forensics. And I probably could have done both, you know, in hindsight. But that hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Right. So I sophomore year, just I, I loved it. It was competitive. You'd compete, and everybody thought we were a bunch of geeks. You know, maybe a little, little geek at heart, but we and were. That was fun. a little before it was cool to be a geek. Now it's cool. Now it's cool. This yeah. was pretty cool. So you were a you're a trendsetter. Oh, tre- yeah, absolutely. But we really weren't geeks. Like we were a lot of fun, and we loved to dance, right? And we loved to get our funny on. We'd be funny. I did humorous duet acting. I did a little dramatic, but I didn't do so well in that. The humorous is where I where I where I nailed it. Won a few awards. Now the irony is, my husband went to Fremd. Mm. Up in Palatine. Up in Palatine, and so he was involved in forensics. So I don't think we competed against each other personally, but our schools did. So we were in the same place, same time for years and never met. Wow. Or maybe met and we're like, no, not today, thank you. Is it ever one-on-one where one person's competing against another? Yes. It, so today, one-on-one, you against your husband, forensics. Right. Who's going to win? Oh. Takedown and first round or? Ooh, he's got a funny side. So, okay. you know, it kind of so depends gotta, on the topic. I got to clarify, though. Forensics is like debate, right? Mm, no, correct. Yeah, it's okay. not uh, the police. I just never heard the term. Yeah, not the crime yeah. scene. It's not forensics. Quincy, M-E. Well, I know. It's a, it's just clarifying Sam, for the audience. Sam Fujiyama is... Of course, of course I understood. I'm clarifying for the audience. <laughs> he just made a Quincy reference. <laughs> hey, that's what I got, Jack Klugman. <laughs> wow. I'm old. Not CSI, not NCIS. Oh, no. Right, debate. Right to Quigley. Yeah. All right. Quincy. Quincy, not Quincy. Quigley. So go on. Please so, explain to PK. So early on, you were debating with your husband. You didn't even know it. That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah, and, and things have... Evolved? They've evolved. I mean, it's been nine years and counting, so. That's awesome. Just teasing. Did you ever have any part-time jobs growing up in Glen Ellen or elsewhere? I did. One of the best jobs I had in high school that I went and had even after college because the economy was so bad and people made fun of me for it. I worked at Craig's Family Pharmacy. Best job. Why? People. People coming and going, Right of all ages, so learning respect, learning to make eye contact, and math, learning to make change the old-fashioned way. Wow. Yeah. No, no common core. That's a lost skill, by the way. It is. It is. Yeah. Totally. It is. And the owners made sure we had $50 in the drawer every night, $50 even, Yeah. and you left the drawer open. Why? Because if someone's going to come in and steal your money, take the $50, but don't break the machine. It's going to oh, cost more. Wow. Super smart. I still talk to them to this day and thank them for the math skills and the people skills and the economy. I graduated uh, when the economy was pretty bad, early 2000s. And so I walked dogs. I worked at a law firm bait stamping. You know what bait stamping is? No. It sounds way more interesting than what it is. <laughs> sounds like from the chain of lakes. Uh-huh. So there I was, yeah, right? eight hours a day, $10 an hour, bait stamping. That's stickering numbers on pages to going to court. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Do you think I fell asleep a few times doing that? Harsh. Absolutely. Did, wow. did it look like that on your resume, or did it say you clerked for a yeah. law firm? Definitely upskilled and said clerk. Yep. Nice. Absolutely. Wow. So where is that pharmacy? So that pharmacy was on Main Street in Glen Ellen, like right downtown somewhere. Right downtown on the street corner. So I. So, so the joke was never, selling drugs on the street. Corner. Never got smacked in the side of the head by the pharmacist. No, no, he looked out for me. Film reference. 
Oh, geez. <laughs> you lost me. I know well, the that, guy loses his hearing. It's I know, uh, I know about the magician life. who went around the corner it, and turned it, into a drugstore. But isn't it a wonderful life? Or, or what is it? What oh, they... Mr. Gower. Yes. Mr. Gower. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I love that the references are getting older and older. We're <laughs> yeah, going to be you, doing Revolutionary you, War references you went back by the end like of this. 40 years older but than It's my a wonderful reference. life is timeless. Yeah, okay. That's true. Okay. Anyway. So wait a minute. Is that pharmacy a Noro or Soro? What do you mean? South of Roosevelt. You're not familiar North with the oh, neighborhoods? Oh, no. Yeah. Noro Soro. Yeah. See? Uh, yeah, I was a Noro girl. Uh, I'm not surprised. And I was Nor Nor. <laughs> yeah, I was unincorporated. Unincorporated. Wow. So that's like a whole other yeah, dimension, <laughs> right? Wow. Mm -hmm. So are you a music fan? Love music. So back in high school, what was your music of choice? A couple of artists or genre or whatever? Oh, I mean, 80s, still 80s. 80s back then. But good rock. Right? Anything that had a good beat to it. And then at home, we'd listen to Frank Sinatra, the Rat Pack. So we got into that early on, you know, Sunday dinner and whatnot. A little bit different than Blue Bloods, but. Just a little. I love the Rat Pack. You like them, Malort? You, you should meet our uh, food critic on the lowdown, Slappy Sal. He's a big fan. <laughs> he's half Italian. Where's he right now? He's, he's, around. he's in the building. Yeah. Let's all say. <laughs> I feel like he's with us. Yeah, it kind of does feel that way, doesn't it? He's checking the che checking the temperature on the hot tub. So wait, are we moving among other things? So, <laughs> so you're let's say you're a sophomore in high school, maybe a junior. What did you see yourself doing after high school? At that, let's say sophomore year, yeah. forensics, for, forensics for life. <laughs> Quincy, yes, Quincy. <laughs> Gail doesn't even know who Quincy is. She's too young. Do no, you know what we're thank talking you. about when we joke about it. No, no okay, sorry. But you sure are cute and funny. So I just laugh back. <laughs> That's what everyone I does, I feel like. <laughs> it's an 80s show about a coroner, a medical examiner. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Started starring so Jack Klugman. I, it's a very random reference to begin with. I mean, we could talk about Matlock. We could. Yeah. yeah. We don't yeah. Yeah. Andy Griffith. <laughs> sure. I, lo I love Common Ground. So back, so back, anyway, back to poor Gail. So what were you thinking about? <laughs> so besides Andy, uh, <laughs> acting, acting, hands oh, down. Really? So taking forensics and nice, acting, right? Nice. I'm going to move to Hollywood. And I'm going to make it big. Wow. Yeah. And here that, you are podcasting with us. Here I am in Elmhurst. <laughs> wow. You really made it, Gail. <laughs> so Look. I went east instead of west. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Mom, um, I made it. <laughs> did you did you throw your foot in the water there or not? I did. Oh, uh, Second yeah. City, not oh, okay. LA, but yeah. Second City. Well, so a lot of fine act actors and actresses have started at Second City. Yeah. So Tina Fey was just getting found when I was taking classes. Oh, so I wow. remember going to Corcoran's after classes and I would go, it's mm, Tina cool. or Amy Poehler. Yeah, she's going to make it. They're going to make it. And they did. And so one of my friends in our group, he moved on. It was right out of college. But I took the course because I worked at Leo Burnett Starcom. Yep. And they said, you know, you take a year's worth. It teaches you business skills. Yeah. It teaches you improv. Think right. on your feet. One of, the, one of the best things I ever did. Because it's not, you know, you're going to fail when you're improving. I'm going to muck up talking to you tonight, right? But it's how do you, how you recover. That counts. Hey, didn't John Belushi go to the dump on the hump? No, he went to Wheaton Central, oh, okay. which is no right. longer Wheaton. Glenn that, it's now a Mariano's. I'm, mix, I'm mixing. <laughs> it's yeah. now a Mariano's. Sean Hayes. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And awesome. he did forensics yeah, yeah. and theater. I think. Sean Hayes went to the dump. He did. Really, I didn't know that. <laughs> you got to quit. He's got a great. That. Great podcast. He does. You ever yes. listen to it? Yeah, Smartless? It yes. yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's so funny. I think he has a few more listeners than I do, though. 
Not as many as he's we knocking know. on our door. I don't know if he's got an international following like the Lowdown. Yeah, we got we got listeners in India. Yeah, yeah. we oh, do. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, we have a whole bunch in India. Long story, but <laughs> true story though. I will say that much. We had an Indian. We guest. only tell the his truth. family listens. Therefore, we have an Indian audience. That's great. Yep. Say hello. Hello. Hello, India. <laughs> Good evening, Mumbai. <laughs> and and they, most of them speak English, so you don't even need to know their dialect. Really doesn't matter. Okay, so sophomore year, you saw acting. So you're ready to graduate from high school, or you're getting close to graduation. What were you thinking at that point? Same thing? So, yes, and maybe in journalism, you know, kind of came into light. But uh, I wanted to go to a small school, so I applied to seven schools, and I thought, well, surely I'm not going to get into any of those, and I got into all seven. And it was the last school I saw that I went to. And was it a small school? No, it was Indiana University. You passed Lafayette? Wow. I know. You went right past West Lafayette? Hey, Rich, and and it's not every day that I say yes to the Purdue podcast. (laughs) Being a Hoosier. Well, let's not get carried away here. So what did you study down at IU? (laughs) Journalism and English. And that's what you started in and you... Finished because a lot of correct a lot of students don't necessarily finish in what they started. I started, but I thought I would go broadcast, and then I learned you had to be your one woman band. You had to drive the van, you had to set up the the, the tripod, uh, you had yeah. to record, you had to edit, and in a podunk town. I thought, well, where am I going to find my husband in a podunk town? Eventually, I mean, I wasn't looking for my husband. So my- you didn't you didn't have the you wouldn't have had the technical staff like we do here at the Lowdown. No. I mean, we've got all these people that do all the work for us, yeah. right? Yeah. And a highly, right, paid, guys? a highly paid intern, too. Well, and some yeah. folks in India, apparently. Yes, right. yes. They just listen, though. They don't do much work. So what did you do at IU other than study? You must have had some fun there. Did you get involved in anything? I did. I got involved. I tried to go Greek. It didn't work out, and it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. I didn't. I tried once. I tried twice. It didn't work. And I thought, okay, well, there's something else for me. Did you already have some sisters back home? I did not. I have a brother who's oh, four years younger. Okay. Well, just thinking. Maybe so, that was the reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so That's what my niece who had four sisters said. Sisters? I don't need more sisters. I like that. I like that. Anyway. So all my girlfriends went Greek. So it was great because my guy friends, my girlfriends were all Greek. So I was going to lunches and dinners and dances, right? So I barely had to go grocery shopping. So it, it worked out in the end. But I found an organization called Indiana University Student Foundation, IUSF. Where'd they come up with that name for that? Oh, it's nice and nice and long, right? So it started, I think, in the fifties, and you've heard of the, the Indy Five Hundred. Absolutely, been there, Rick. You ever been there? Twenty some years in a row. And speaking of that, the Rahal family lives in Glen Ellen. Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's the little five hundred. It's a bicycle race, right. men's women's race, and it raised money for student scholarships back in the day. Hoosiers, for those fans out there that remember it, breaking away, breaking away. Oh, that's where it was. But that right. was close. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, so I serve on a, 1979. I serve on a board where some of the folks were extras in that movie. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. to this day. So it raised money for working student scholarships, and I thought, well, I like philanthropy. This is a way of giving back. But boys were also involved. It was co-ed. So that who needs a sorority when you can join something that's co-ed? Sign me up. So I ended up becoming vice president of that, and dear, dear friends to this day, um, we're still very close. There was 23 of us, 24 of us. It taught you just real-world business skills, right? I'm talking to big donors, Vera Bradley's founder and so on. And it was just a really cool experience and skills I sta- skills that I still tap into to this day. And I talked to my other friends that are throughout the world and same thing. 
So it was just to raise money for working students? At the time, yeah. scholarships. And okay. now it raises money for the food bank because apparently a lot of kids that pay their have to pay for college, they can't afford food as well. Hmm. Was a little 500 the, the main engine of that fundraising? Correct. Okay. Yes. Because what? the world's greatest college weekend, it's a big drunk fest at the end of the day. Uh, <clears throat> and you had to gun. Just and, keep my mouth shut over here. And, and you still have to gun. So I don't, you know, so that you're, you're vying for spots. So there was, I don't know, 50, 70 of us gunning for 25 spots total. So some people don't make it. So there I am, and you're working. You're wearing red and khaki, and you're working to make the steering committee so you can wear the suits the next year. And Snoop Dogg is paying, playing down the street at the local fraternity. Wow. And I really wanted to go. I still love Snoop Dogg. I do like the Rack Pack, and I do like Snoop. Uh, but I, I stuck to my guns and gunned, and I didn't go to the concert and ended up becoming VP. But uh, I'm still tapped into it to this day. The president emeritus, he wrote the foreword in my book. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's cool. You guys don't know that? I, I, I saw some name, but I didn't see who it was. Oh, sure. Well, <laughs> being a Purdue guy and all that. In I the first so. chapter, she refers to him writing the phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And he's the greatest networker in the world yeah. that I've ever met. And he so taught me. he's a me, great mentor. He's a great mentor to this day, 20 awesome. some odd years later after I graduated. So to- now you're getting closer to graduation. Yes. What did you see that first job being and what was it? Like compare and contrast. Well, I'm going to go into advertising because Mel Gibson was in that movie. And he's, how do you, how you think like a woman? Why can't I think of it? Oh, what women want? Yeah, that one. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's a great movie. And I'm going to go into advertising. It's sexy. It's glamorous. Maybe. Did he, so he's no, learning know. to think like a woman? Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. Yes. In, yeah. And is, is he working in advertising? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what inspired you. Yeah. That was, that was one of the many, many things. But I also loved brands. I still love brands to this day. I just think how people can latch on to them, right? If you got a kitschy commercial. So I thought, I'm going to go into advertising. It's glamorous. Yeah, Why not? for sure. And my dad, who taught me, you know, a lot. He was a salesman in insurance and he's like, you've got to be in sales. You're a people person. And I was like, I'm not going to go into sales. Why would you, I listen to you? The new you was a people person. That's right. Well, uh, starting your sophomore year of high school. Right. Yeah. But he saw that. Well, he it, saw that grow and develop within you. He did. Probably. He did. Probably. I might he did. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I checked in with him. <laughs> a lot of research over there, PK. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so. Slow day. He's filling in some blanks too. <laughs> Just anyway. for just for the record, before we go any further, it was Helen Hunt who co-starred in that movie oh, with Mel Gibson. And I'm sorry I so laughed. So yay me. <laughs> well, I'm like, you laugh, but I'm like, why did you laugh? I think I'm right. One point for Scott. Yay. Yeah. That's why I'm the highest paid intern on the show. <laughs> that's as good as it gets, Scott. <laughs> well, that's a totally different movie. It's another Helen Hunt reference. I was going to say, look at that reference. Hey, I same, caught it. Totally different hey, Rick, movie. double his pay. That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, but I thought Farrah Fawcett was in that movie. What? It doesn't matter what movie it was. It was a different movie. <laughs> you knew it was a blonde. I'm just wondering how many people are following all this. <laughs> you know. Don't drop off. They love us. Yeah, at the moment. Hang three. in there, folks. Okay, where are we at? We're, you're getting close to graduating. You're thinking of advertising. What happened? What happened? So the economy was bad. I got the job at Leo Burnett Starcom, but the start date got pushed three times. Is this in Chicago? This is in Chicago. Yeah. So my parents were awesome. They let me go back and, and live at home. I didn't have to pay rent, but you know, I make dinner, buy some wine here and there. And it was a great time in my life because I was like friends with my parents and it was yeah. fun. Yeah, and it's I can, nice. It's nice and I'll yeah. never get that time Adults. back. Yeah. And my dad and mom were like, you're crazy. You need to like go find other jobs. 
So I bait stamped at a law firm. I dog walked. I don't love dogs, but I did it for the money. I house sat. Best money you'll ever make doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, loved that. So I was scrappy. And there I was reading the newspaper for $500. Write why you're proud to be Polish. Got that in the bag. And I'm going to make it funny. So I wrote, got to the $500. I'm going to make my grandma proud. Turn it in. I didn't read the fine print. I was a finalist. I showed up in a nice pantsuit, my interview suit. Everyone else is in like gowns. I'm like, what? 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 (laughs) And there are only women here. I'm like, what? Like a beauty contest? Uh Uh-huh. It's for the Polish Queen of Chicago. So, I uh-huh. thought you were going to say it was for the Polish Queen of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a little bit of that. And yes, and then I said, oh, I don't want this. Right? It wasn't a turtle wax guy. Uh-huh. You can never, and, you never be too careful. So there was a line of judges in someone's basement over in uh, Westchester. This, this sounds awesome right yeah. now, uh-huh. just so uh-huh. you know. It also sounds scary. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> someone's basement. Yeah. You're, so you're, is, you're not Polish, yeah. PK. That's, I'm half Polish. I get it. So you, you, I'm half Polish. You, you come go. to my okay. basement in, a, in an evening gown. <laughs> I had the pants I will on. judge you. Yeah. <laughs> I will ju- you come here, I judge you. Yeah. I, was I all- make you famous. Bougie bougie. <laughs> bougie bougie. So, For those that know what that means. Uh-huh. So so there we are. So my dad drops me off. I mean, this is pre-cell phones, right? So yeah. it's, oh, it's yeah. a hope and a prayer okay. that yeah. I'm going to you know, come out of that house at 7 p.m. or whenever I was supposed to come well, out of the house. Well, he's not worried because you're going in a pantsuit. That's right. That's <laughs> what right. could go wrong in a pantsuit in Westchester? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. So there we are in the basement. There's this panel of judges. And then we have to go upstairs and we have to have dinner together. What are, what are your manners? What's your etiquette? And sure enough, they serve Polish food. And you have to mingle and everything. And then they invite me to go to the ball. Okay, I can't wear this pantsuit to the ball. And I clearly don't want this. So I was dating a nice Italian at the time. And I thought, well, you've got to come with me to this, right? So he was very kind and did. And uh, I won. And they crowned me. Uh, and I, I think I was... Pantsuit and all. <laughs> well, no, I had a dress on I for know this. why then, but, but still. Yeah, yeah, but the pantsuit, I think, got me wow. in the door. Yeah, so it was a year's worth of duties, uh, monthly newsletters. Can I interrupt? Yeah, absolutely. You went in the pantsuit with courage. I did. Right? I did. Doesn't that come back later? It does. It's got to. It does. I, I can see it. I it's still so love clear. a good pantsuit. It's so clear it to me. It is clear. You, uh, that's why you won. You went with courage, even though you were wearing a pantsuit. Hmm. Pete, I never thought of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There may be something there. Yeah. yeah. So then once a month, did you have to go to Sawa's Old Warsaw on 22nd Street? <laughs> so I think that was where like one of the events was. Uh-huh. <laughs> go figure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, years worth of duties. And then there I had to go to the Polish parade downtown yeah. in the float. Then they wanted to renig me because I was only 50% Polish. I wasn't a 100 percenter. Keller's not Polish. No, I was yeah. a Wolski. Oh. Or, if you know, from the old country, a Wolski. 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 Mm-hmm. And we love Milwaukee Avenue. <laughs> so what happened then? They took it away? So they they decided they didn't. They didn't. I think the voting was, you know, keep, keep me. So I definitely had to work overtime right for that year. And I mean, I'm making appearances. I'm going to these Polish bazaars, buying wooden Polish spoons. Great training and experience. That's yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. So forever grateful. Got to crown the next young, young, lovely lady. Um, but you know, the turnout was a little bit, maybe a little bit less than the Irish, but this, Irish queen. this consumed your first year after college. It did. Yeah. It did. Oh, yeah. And you know, so then back to my dad. So he took me out to dinner after an interview and we went, uh, to Oak Brook, the clubhouse. Yep. Yeah. I think I had a nice vodka on the rocks. He had a scotch 
And he said, here I am looking at the classifieds. I mean, this is, this is, pre, this is pre-internet, right? Looking at the classifieds, Gail, and you got to start using your assets. He's like, so I, I circled some jobs for you. And I'm like, what? Luxury car sales. Mr. Whoa. Cook. Yeah, right up your alley. Whoa. Perfect. And yeah. I and my mom wasn't there. And she denies that my dad ever said that. And God rest his soul, he's not here to defend himself right now. But he absolutely did say that. And I thought, well, Dad, I can't be doing that. What do you mean? You know? It's my I'm dad's afraid to hear the next part so, of this story. I mean, I denied it. I, I I said, no, I'm not going to sales. And finally, Leo Burnett said, you know, you're hired. Let's start. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. But then years later, there I'm at Leo Burnett, and I'm having fun. I'm putting commercials on TV, right? Buying some Super Bowl ads. Allstate, good hands, play of the game. Delta Airlines, may that rest in so peace. your dad almost threw you to the wolves. And almost. Then, and then you saved yourself by getting the job at Leo Burnett. I did. Awesome. I did. Yeah. But then there I was, and I was tied to the desk, crunching numbers. Yeah. Planning. Yeah. And uh, you might want to edit out the Delta Airlines. Budget rent a car was, may it, may it rest its soul. That was one of my accounts, too. <laughs> And uh, Altria, the parent company of Philip Morris. I mean, that's yeah. where I was putting ads in magazines. You're really mm-hmm. before you're putting ads in online. And on yeah. the people, side of racing cars, which you can't do anymore. Oh. Right, right. But I mean, this is back when people were like, "What's the World Wide Web?" Right. right. We're going to dabble in this. So, I mean, I'm I'm dating myself, but I thought salespeople are coming in here. They're fun. They're dressed fun. They don't have to be tied to their desk. They, I want to be a salesperson. So, and they drink vodka during the day. That's right. That's right. Some of them, not all of them. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it was, it was great. So I moved out to California and got into tech sales Wow. and haven't looked back since. Big jump. Where so were you I living in California? Like Northern California? Yes. Northern California. Again, a Norgal. Not a Nor-Norgal, but a Norgal. Went to the Valley. The Silicon like, Valley. That's right. San Jose area kind of thing? Or? No, no, no. Further North. So yeah. Golden Gate Bridge. And I can't get enough of that Golden How Gate far? Bridge. How far north? Oh, careful. Um, I mean, I, I, lived, I lived in the marina. Really? Yeah. Wow. Very yeah. cool. On a boat? On a, no, no. I wasn't making that kind of money. <laughs> Van down by the river? <laughs> I was down by the river. but Close yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a studio apartment across the street from a gas station. So expensive to live there. So expensive. Oh, my God. So I lived there two years too short. But there was a love affair with falling into tech and falling into... Just temperate weather. This was in, like, you didn't have the job until you got there, right? No, I yeah. got the job and then oh, it did okay. a lateral move. But this was Microsoft. This was not Microsoft. No, this was this was a still an ad agency. So I did a, la- a lateral oh. media oh, okay. move. And I said, just to get me there and I'll give media one more shot. And then it was there. Um, yeah. Wait, it was there that you saw the salespeople that were fun? Yeah, in Chicago yeah. too. I mean, Chicago has okay. some really fun salespeople, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't want to diss on my hometown, but, but you, also but, California. But you did jump to um, Microsoft at some point. And that was, was I that, did. Was that when you were in San Francisco? No, that's oh. after I moved back. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. jumping around here. Yeah, yeah. that's after I, I moved back, got married, and when all's right with the world, my husband travels the globe, and I thought, well, we're gonna have a, if we're, if we're gonna have a family. Someone's got to, you know, be a little more foundational. Uh, okay. So I was jet setting and he was jet setting. And so somebody, so I got a local territory where I was driving and maybe traveling once a quarter. Gotcha. So I got my, into Microsoft here in Chicago. I think we lost something though, because you went to San Francisco and then I, I pushed you to Microsoft, but somewhere in the line, a husband came along. He did. Yeah. He did. So do share. 
Ah, yes. Yeah. Back to Fremd, right? In forensics. Yeah. So it wasn't until... <laughs> it all circles back to forensics and Fremd here. Right. So it wasn't until our 30s and we met on a blind date that neither one of us wanted to go on. And if I've got to put E-Town Lowdown on the map, we met at Redstone. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. And apparently he saw a picture of me. I didn't see a picture of him. He's not really on the internet. Is his name Larry? No. Le- Leisure Suit Larry is at Redstone every... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Thursday night. That's true. Well, <laughs> well, he was probably wearing the same thing my husband was at the time. Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah my husband described what he was wearing. Sounds about slacks. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> he was in a pantsuit, um, and he had me at pantsuit. Of course, yeah. they're near and dear to my heart. And so he described what he was wearing, and I walked in, and I said, "Dang it! Every man here is wearing a pantsuit, and it's navy." So I said to myself, "I'm going to go out." Introduce myself to the best looking guy here. It's not going to be him. But if things don't work out with this Jim guy, maybe I got a backup out of it. So I went up to him and it was Jim. Whoa. Yeah. Fate Mi- should have it. Mic drop. Yeah. I don't remember to this day if he took my coat off or pulled the bar stool out and let me sit down. He was quite the gentleman and he got me tongue tied and, and that takes a lot. And so we were just going to meet for a glass of wine and I was going to say thank you and leave. Or maybe I would buy it. Who right? set up this blind date? A uh, girlfriend undergrad at IU with me and then grad school with Jim at Northwestern. Yeah. And I was at Northwestern, different program. I was getting a master's. He was getting his executive MBA where you go to campus and you sleep there every other weekend for two years. And apparently they were at a dinner and I don't know, six women stood up at this dinner and said, no, I got a girl for you. I got a girl for you. And Abby stood up and I mean, God bless her. And she said, you can meet all these girls, but first you got to meet Gail. And he said, okay, fine. You know, she's pretty tough. So he listened to her. And I uh, said, so yeah, if it doesn't work out with her, you got a whole gaggle of gals you can go out with. And so we met. And it was just going to be a glass of wine. It turned into five hours. Found out he does like a good Hallmark movie every now and again. That's where I dropped my fork. <laughs> I, we, we know another guy who likes Hallmark movies. And it's not, he's not in this room. But he might work with PK. Mm. Might be PK's boss. So, but we had, we had a lot in common. Sensitive man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And my father-in-law, he's retired now, but he worked for State Farm. So he was also in insurance. Mm. So it's coming full circle. Your father-in-law like Hallmark movies too? Uh, No, he's more of a golfer. Yeah. 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 We can appreciate that. Uh, Jim's a golfer too, but uh, yeah, he's into Paw Patrol right now. We went to visit him and I guess we left Paw Patrol on. He's like, this this isn't bad. There's some good lessons here. (laughs) So talk a little bit more through your career progression up until and then we can stop where where you are now. Up until where I am. Yeah. So so when I was in San Francisco, I, I moved back. I was with an events company. So I sold trade show booth space, webinars, online assets, et cetera. And did that for 10 years, but I was working with tech companies. And I worked with the Microsofts and the Intels and the Oracles of the world. And I thought, huh, tech is great. You know, it's used for good to solve problems and make the world a better place. And the people behind the technology are pretty cool. So when I moved back um, and I got my degree at Northwestern Journalism, I went back for marketing because I thought I want to have a marketing hat with my sales acumen just to be a differentiating point uh, when I'm up against competition for jobs. And I said, when I get this degree, I'm either going to work at Microsoft in tech or I'm going to get a job in marketing and McDonald's because they need a lot of help. And so tried for both, had informational interviews. Microsoft said, thank you, we're not hiring. McDonald's said, thank you, we're not hiring. Microsoft said, we'll keep your resume on file. I'm like, 
Just like every other company. Yeah. Okay, fine. Well, sure enough, six months go by. And now I'm married. So I did that in, you know, informational as my, with my maiden name. Then I got married and they called me. And I thought, well, this is a great time. Jim's starting a business. Why not give it a go? And it's great benefits. You know, and I miss buying stock at a discount. That was a really hard thing to leave Microsoft. So, um, so it was, it was great. Had a local territory, CRM, customer relationship management software, a little ERP um, as well, enterprise relationship software. And Loved it. I mean, the learning curve was not a mountain. It was straight up and down. I, you know, interviewed at other software companies. And they said, you don't have software sales experience, so you didn't get the job. Well, the competition then found out that Microsoft gave me a job, and then they called to try to hire me. But it was a little bit of a boys club. So I feel like I made the best decision. And I'm still in love with Microsoft to this day. Um, It was a great ride. The people, the technology, the experience, what I learned, who I met, how I grew. Even more so, right? I took I used my courage again to to tackle something, and uh, growth is good. Growth is good. Yeah, growth well, is both good for you and Microsoft. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's more fun. Yeah. yeah. So in the in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about what you started on your own and what you're doing now. But in that first part of your career and your education, did you have any mentors early on that you can call out one or two? Yeah, absolutely. And, and how they affected you? Mary Pawaga Anderson. And she worked for people in Espanol. And she was on this board that we both serve on now, but I was an undergrad and she was in advertising and advertising was sexy to me. So I went up to her and said, would you mentor me? And she was a little intimidating. And she said, sure. And now we're still dear, dear friends. But we would meet, you know, in Chicago and, and have lunch Wait, and whatnot. was she on the IU board? She, no. yes. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. on the IU board. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. And then a guy, Romy Mahajan. Isn't it cool how like if you ask somebody to help you and they, they, they embrace that? Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, not everybody does, but oftentimes you just got to ask. You just have to ask. Yeah. Worst thing is no or not right now. Yeah. Right. You know? It's cool. And then Romy? Romy. Yeah. Out of Seattle. So he saw something in me where before I went to Microsoft, I was a general manager of a technology marketing conference. And he said, you got to go for that job. And I'm like, that's like a few where I, a few pay grades above where I am today, you know, back then. He was just try. And he did some coaching and I tried and I got it. And I thought, huh, he sees something in me that I, that I wanted, but I didn't know how to get there. And so I owe a lot to my growth in my career to men. And that's why I, the next segment we'll talk about why I, I cater to women and now. Both, both of those people, do you, are you still in touch with either of them? Very much so. Romy was just a guest on my podcast this season. Oh, great. Yeah. I'll have to listen to that one. I listened to one of your podcasts. We'll talk about that later. Let's take a quick break here on the lowdown. We'll be right back. Hi, this is the Sandwich King, Jeff Morrow, and you're listening to the E-Town Lowdown with PK, Rick, and Malort. These guys are a bunch of meatballs. (laughs) The staff and management of the E-Town Lowdown would like to assure our more sensitive listeners that our food critic, Sal, is really half Italian. His mother is from Poland, and his father is from the great country of Italy. We hope you will enjoy and not be offended. Hey friends, Slappy Sal here for the E-Town Lowdown, here to tell you about a new place to eat in E-Town. It's called Primos Locos, or Cugini Pazzi, for all you Italians out there, or uh, Crazy Cousins if you speak British. So Primos Locos opens up in the old McNally's location on York Road, just down the street from the tracks near downtown. 
So in honor of their name, I grabbed my two craziest cousins, Big Head Mike and Jimmy the Fish, and we headed over there to try it out. Instead of ordering separately, we just got a table full of tacos and we split them all up. You know what I mean? We had carne asada, al pastor, you know, pork shoulder, and chicken, and then we had to get fish for Cousin Jimmy. And you know what? They were all good. The people behind us looked like they ordered up some enchiladas and some fajitas, but I couldn't see on account of Mike's big head getting in my way. But it all smelled fantastic. The other thing about Primo's Locos is the drinks. Good quality tequila put in handcrafted cocktails like margaritas. And they also got Mexican craft beers on draft from a brewery in Chicago called uh, Hasa Humilde, or Humble House. Two brothers started it out in the Hermosa neighborhood. Great beers, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So me and my Cugini sat around, ate some tacos, had some drinks. It was a good time. Legit, authentic food and nice environment. After we're done, me, Big Head Mike, and Jimmy the Fish argued about how to say Uber in Spanish. But ultimately, the driver came and took us back to the old neighborhood. So in summary, Primos Locos gets the Cugini seal of approval. Go enjoy some chips and guac, have a drink, and relax. Remember what Mark Twain once said. Part of the secret of success in life is to eat what you like and let the food fight it out on the inside. This is Slappy Sal reporting for the Eat Town Lowdown. This is Mary Beth Harper, director of the Elmhurst Public Library, and you're listening to the E-Town Lowdown with your hosts, Robbie and Rick, but PK is the one with all the talent. Back here on the Lowdown with our special guest, Gail Keller, and it's time for my personal favorite segment, the E-Town Lowdown Mowdown, where we're going to mow down Gail to her very core. Are you ready for this, Gail? Yeah, you know, this is the second time I've E-Towned it today. Really? With two brands. Really? You lovely gentleman. E-Town Fitness? E-Town Fitness. Did really? a little hit this morning at 6 a.m. Shout out to another Elmhurst organization, E-Town Fitness. Wow. What? what? Got all warmed up for us. You're, you know, <laughs> you're going to you're gonna have more fun with us, though. I showered before coming here. Here we go. Shakespeare. Makes, makes one of us. Shakespeare or Harlequin? Shakespeare. PK, are you ready? <laughs> no. Are you awake? No. Fire, I'm fire, looking fire. For that. I'm De- looking for that on your list. Can but I anyway. call a delay a game five-yard penalty on PK? <laughs> this is the beauty of editing. You don't have to look at my list. <laughs> anyway, the book or the movie? Movie. Rest- Even though I'm an author. Yeah, right. Restaurant or home cooking? Home cooking. Appetizers or hors d'oeuvres? Hors d'oeuvres. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Ping pong? Or pool. Ping pong. Cubs or socks? Cubs. Nonfiction? <laughs> nonfiction or fiction? Nonfiction. Beatles or stones? Stones. Sharon or Swift? Swift. Digital or analog? Digital. Favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Swimming? Pool. I'm sorry. Swimming pool or lake? <laughs> Swimming pool. <laughs> You're so awesome. You are. Morning or evening? Evening. Paperback or hardcover? Hardcover. Ariana Grande. <laughs> are you all right there, PK? <laughs> Michael Jackson? No, or no. Dua Lipa? No, no. Let's. Here. You can Lupe? edit this. Delupe? You mean? <laughs> Ariana Grande or Dua Lipa? Is it Dua Lupe? 
No, it's lethal. Oh, pardon me. Let's this go. Is, let's go with the latter. This yeah. is going great. Malort, <laughs> <laughs> you're up. Rocky Road or Cherry Garcia? Cherry Garcia. Golf or tennis? Golf. Stitches or glue? Glue. <laughs> oh, here we go. Ready? Ma- Magnum PI or Sam Malone? Magnum PI. Correct. <laughs> National parks or all-inclusive resorts? National parks before I met my husband. Wow. Now it's all-inclusive resorts? Wow. Well, resorts. He's bougie? Wow. He's a little bougie. Uh, Fallon or Kimmel? Kimmel. Ebook or conventional book? Conventional. Bacon or sausage? Chicken sausage. Hmm. James Brown or James Taylor? James Taylor. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Mac or PC? PC. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. The beach or the mountains? Mountains. Red or black licorice? Red. Sofa or couch? Sofa. All right, stay with me on this. This is a hard one. Bono or Bono? Bono. (laughs) French fries or onion rings? French fries. Spring or fall? Fall. When Harry met Sally or Dirty Harry? Dirty Harry. Campfire or fireplace? Fireplace. Walking or bicycling? Walking. Elevator or stairs? Stairs. Wildcats or Hoosiers? Wildcats. Nancy Drew or Jessica Fletcher? Jessica Fletcher. Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks. Air conditioning or windows open? Air conditioning. Lefty or righty? Righty. We're going to test your Glen Ellen here. You ready? Roosevelt or Roosevelt? Roosevelt. Summer Olympics or Winter Olympics? Summer Olympics. Drive or fly? Fly. Which shoe do you put on first, left or right? Right. Sometimes or Tribune? Tribune. Iced tea or lemonade? Lemonade. Grilled cheese or peanut butter and jelly? Grilled cheese. Mickey D's or Burger King? Mickey D's. Batman or Superman? Superman. Yes or no, should men wear sandals? Yes. Favorite color? Teal. That's the first teal answer we've ever had. (laughs) Groundbreaking stuff (laughs) here. That's why I looked at you. Uh, Coke or Pepsi? You asked me. Coke. Still Coke? I always always ask one twice. (laughs) He does. Still Coke. Bono or Bono? Who knew it would be that one? (laughs) Okay, here we go. Ready? Do you remember what was your first record album? It had to be something kid-related when I was little. You know, the Fisher-Price record? Not really. My first was Dark Side of the Moon. Not very kid-like. How about a band Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The Fisher-Price record? Come on. Record player? I know what you're talking about. It was something, you know. Plastic records. Every every kid had it. Yeah. You don't remember, like, in high school, your first vinyl album? I mean, we had cassette tapes. What was your first cassette tape? Oh, yeah. Yeah, what do we got? Okay. Okay. It was either Paul Abdul or Janet Jackson. There we go. Nasty? What was her? Miss Jackson, Jackson, if you're nasty. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. I thought you were going to ask me nasty or... (laughs) (laughs) 
Summer or winter? Summer. Serena Williams or Simone Biles? Serena Williams. Invisibility or super strength? Super strength. Tile or hardwood? Hardwood. <laughs> Softer on the knees. Dolly Parton or Carol King? Carol King. Barbie or Oppenheimer? Barbie. East Coast or West Coast? Wait, have you seen West it? Coast, have, Best Coast. Have you seen both of those movies? West Coast, Best Coast. Hang on. She can have an opinion regardless of if know. she's seen them. This, Haven't this, seen either. Want this, to see both. This values exploration. You know, okay. I've, I've never met Ginger or Marianne, but I have an opinion, okay? I know. He does have she, an opinion. But if she saw one or the other or both, it's, it's interesting have, to know. Have not seen either. either. That's important for the audience out there to know. However, she hasn't seen either. Want to see both because I see the value of both. Amen. Hallelujah. Absolutely. I feel like we have Barbie almost in front of us, right? Smart anyway, is beautiful. Let's go. Go ahead. East End or Smalley Pool? Smalley. Okay. Last three questions. You ready for this? Dinner indoors or outdoors? Outdoors. Yellowstone or Ozark? Yellowstone. And the last question, here it goes. Okay, ready? Ready. Brandon Walsh or Dylan McKay? Dylan McKay all day. Wow. wow. I like that you have conviction on that. So, um, If I'm, we had a boy, we were going to name him Dylan. Nice. I, I tallied up Not your answers. I tallied up your answers. You got an 87. That's a B plus. So good job, good effort. And most of your answers were correct. Yeah. There's always room for... for there's always room for perfection. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, this is pro football journalist Matt Bowen. When I'm in the mood for Malort, it needs to be in a hot tub with PK and Rick. The E-Town Lowdown. My God, these guys are horrible. And now, it's time for another installment of One Ponce a Time with Lowdown legend PK and his overly enthused yesteryear expert friend, Elmhurst History Museum director, Dave Oberg. Hey, boys and girls. One Ponce a Time. Did you know that a woman claiming to be the Grand Duchess Anastasia, the daughter and heir of Tsar Nicholas II, once called Elmhurst home? In 1945, a woman calling herself Eugenia Smith came to Elmhurst and lived as a guest in the home of Mrs. W.H. Emery, at 284 South Kenilworth for 17 years. A talented artist with a strange accent, Smith worked for years on a biography of Anastasia, claiming to have been a confidant of the young noblewoman. Then she shocked the world with a much more dramatic announcement. She was not a confidant of the Grand Duchess. She was the Grand Duchess herself. <laughs> okay, so let's dig a little deeper on this one. Um, so when Vladimir Lenin and the Bolsheviks seized power in Russia during the October Revolution of 1917, they uh, imprisoned Tsar Nicholas II and his family, moving them to Yekaterinburg. And uh, there's a bloody civil war going on at the time in the fledgling Soviet Union, and the Bolsheviks began to see the royal family as a growing threat, uh, if you will, a rallying flag of sorts for their enemies. And so on July 16th of 1918, uh, the Bolsheviks executed the Tsar, his family, and several loyal family retainers. And that should have been the end of the Grand Duchess Anastasia's story. But in the years to follow, more than a dozen women would come forward claiming to be Anastasia. 
Each had fantastic stories of escape from her would-be executioners. Most of them were quickly dismissed as imposters, but there were two that seemed to have greater credibility and really captured the public imagination. Uh, the first one, Anna Anderson, uh, seemed to know a great deal about the Grand Duchess, <clears throat> and she would inspire the 1956 film uh, Anastasia, uh, starring Ingrid Bergman, a classic film, actually. Uh, the second was um, our Eugenia Smith, a.k.a. Eugenia Smitesco, and she would make her public declaration in 1963. Uh, Mrs. Smith actually had presented the publishers, Robert Spellers and Sons, with a manuscript that year detailing the miraculous escape of Anastasia with the help of a soldier named Alexander, who had been a czarist loyalist. And she claimed uh, that she was a confidant of the royal heir, and as they explored the manuscript, she seemed to know an awful lot of incredible detail about her, perhaps more than even the closest friends would have known. And so when the publishers asked her, she replied, well, I am the Grand Duchess in her very thick, mysterious accent. And the spellers actually subjected her to about 30 hours of lie detector tests performed by a former CIA operative, and she passed. Uh, and so Robert Spellers and Sons committed to publishing her autobiography and Life Magazine carried excerpts, including sensational accounts of her escape. Um, not everyone was convinced. There were several individuals who had known Anastasia since childhood, and they called her out as an imposter. And an anthropologist compared photos of Eugenia Smith from the 1920s all the way through the 60s with those known images of Anastasia and noted there were some really distinctive differences in facial features. Uh, there was also a Chicago woman who came forward claiming to have given Smith some Russian lessons and noting that she actually spoke with a Romanian accent. Uh, nonetheless, Eugenia Smith proved a sensation. A lot of readers snapped up copies of the Life magazine, and her book, Anastasia, the Autobiography of the Grand Duchess of Russia, was published in October of 1963. And by now, Smith had moved on from Elmer's to New York City, where she was quite the fixture for a while in the city's social scenes. Uh, she had moved to Newport, Rhode Island in the 1970s, and she would while away her time painting scenes of life in the Royal Russian Court. Smith actually died January 31st, 1997 at the Lafayette Nursing Home in North Kingston. And it'd be another decade before her story would be finally debunked once and for all. In 2007, the missing body of Anastasia had been discovered her identity confirmed by DNA analysis. Wow, Dave, Russian royalty right here, sort of. Wow, guests of the Lowdown will receive an Elmhurst Eatown Lowdown coffee mug suitable for all types of beverages, courtesy of the Elmhurst Armpit Orchestra. So we're back here on the Eatown Lowdown podcast with our guest, Gail Keller, and we're about to ask her a really tough question. Do you like Coke or Pepsi better? I love Coke. <laughs> <laughs> like Coke Classic or New Coke? Coca-Cola. Ah. Had, had to start in with that. So tell us about how you got to where you are now in terms of your career, what you're doing. You're your own boss and you're having more fun than ever probably. I am. So tell us how you got there and what you're doing. It was a journey, right? Everybody sees everybody jumping off a diving board or whether they're successful or not, but they never see behind the scenes. So it took me two years at Microsoft to get this calling. I was on a flight back from Las Vegas to Chicago, and I cried the entire time after being a part of the third in command's keynote for an internal partner, big 10,000 people um, conference. And I was pregnant, but I couldn't tell people at the time with our second. And 
I touched so many people's lives because I talked about loss in sales, which we don't talk a lot about, and success, right? But the wins, everybody sees the wins. Nobody talks about the losses. Wait, this comes from you trying to close a deal that didn't close, right? That's right. And you kept track of it and then documented it and then shared it with others. Correct. Correct. On a podcast that I didn't want to go on to 7,000 people to talk about loss because who wants to talk about that? I was a big loser. It's very gutsy. Real gutsy. But when the third in command calls, you have to say yes at Microsoft. I mean, could I lose my job? I mean mean to admit the loss, but what you learned from it. What I learned from it. Yeah. that, That you could help others learn from that. And people reached out from that, Paul. And I thought, huh. Oh, there's authenticity there, right? We don't do that enough. And so the third in command said, I'll invite you back when you have a win. And just like Microsoft keeping my resume on file, I thought, yeah, right. Okay. I'm just one of 7,000 salespeople. Come on. And she called and said, I've got this keynote. Why don't you talk about this big win with this big brand? And then we'll highlight the loss. But what did you learn? What were the lessons learned? And so many people reached out, just the authenticity, talking about failure, down to like what I was wearing. Oh, I, I went to look for you on Stitch Fix, right? What, what were you what you were wearing? I thought, Pants wow. suit? Uh, jeans and a blazer. Yeah, of course. Uh, mater- High tech. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was pregnant, so I did put on those maternity jeans. But, uh, <laughs> you know. So, but it was, it was just, it was inspiring. And so I cried the entire plane ride home. And I thought, this, this is what's tugging at my heartstrings to empower others. But what do I do with this? I don't want to leave Microsoft. So it took two years in the birth of our second daughter to, to, for me to realize, oh, I was winning to leave when I invented a widget, but the widget was inside of me and it was my services. So I say I never left corporate America. I pressed pause on my corporate career because I always say I can go back, right? I'm not running from it, but this is so this innate calling that I was very emotional about. So it took two years to jump off that diving board because I realized, oh, you don't have to take all the steps at once. You can take one foot in front of the other, one step at a time and see if it works. So I started jotting down in a notebook and I worked with an executive coach. I had five superpowers at the end of the day that always were true and good to me and helped me in troubling times and happy times and successful and lost times. What am I going to do with this? This woman that is my, with my confirmation sponsor and a dear, dear, dear family friend. She was like, write a book. And I'm like, Psh, me? Write a book? What? No, I'm going to write a book. Never, that, that was never in my thoughts. But the more I thought about it, she had a point. I needed to find my niche. I needed to do my research, find like, what am I going to talk about? I want to be a keynote speaker. But what am I going to talk about? What's going to make me different from others? Oh, I've got these five superpowers. I've got to do something with them. So I came up with this nonfiction book, right? But then I said, okay, I'm going to write this book but I also have to have some sort of revenue stream coming in. So I'll be an executive coach and I'll empower other women to take calculated risks in their career to successfully fail forward. Because either you fail and you pick yourself up and you try something else, or there's that fork in the road, right? You take one turn or maybe it doesn't work or maybe it does, or maybe it works out better than you ever imagined. I thought, okay, I'm going to empower other women in their careers while my girls are little. And if this is successful. My business will grow as my girls grow. Because being a girl is hard. We never found out the gender when I was pregnant of our girls. That, that's awesome, by the way. I love that. Yeah. Finding out at birth. Yeah, at birth. Cool, right? At birth. And I was, and I, you know, you heard me say this a few weeks ago that I was so confident I was having a boy. I wore blue from head to toe to my baby shower. <laughs> and Taylor Oops. was birthed, and I said, "It's a boy." 
And the doctor said, no, but let me take another look. You know, she second guessed herself because <laughs> I was so confident. And I was wrong. I said, ah, God has the last laugh. I have two girls. And being a girl is hard. Being a woman is hard in this world. So what can I do to pave the way to parody? If we don't do anything, it'll take 132 years. But I also admire men and more men than women have helped me be successful in my career. And mentors, there's a guy named Mark Everks. He left Microsoft. Now he's at Google. But he's, he's the one that said, hey. You know, I'll be one of your mentors at Microsoft. And I owe a lot to the keynotes, the keynote opportunity that I got in Las Vegas to him and just the courage to continue to climb and to follow my dreams. And so it was really important for me to uplift men on the journey as well, because there's a lot we can learn from you. And you're like, what? What can we learn? Well, you're no drama, right? You're able to compartmentalize. And sometimes it pisses me off when my husband can compartmentalize right because I'm like I'll do all the things but it's a gift and you know women have a gift we can multitask we're the CEOs of our household right we have a lot of things too but we can learn from each other if we're authentic and we open up and we ask for help or we ask for that mentorship or that sponsorship you know the difference between mentors and sponsors yeah I didn't until I was in my 30s and I'm no longer in my 30s and I wish I knew in my 20s right a mentor you can find anywhere and they're great and we need them and they're invaluable the sponsor is within your organization, and that sponsor will speak positively behind, positively about you behind closed doors to help you climb that ladder. And so that's what I found at Microsoft. I thought this is this other women need to know about this because if we can't see it, we can't become it. And in STEM and in STEAM, it's mostly men. It's not the man's fault. It's just you start the corporate ladder is broken in two rungs. And one is an obvious one when, when women leave and they procreate or they stay and they procreate, right? But also that entry level. In undergrad, graduate school, girls drop out of STEM because there's a lot more men. They can't, they, can't, they can't relate. They get into the corporate world, there's more men. So we need more women that have climbed that ladder and are successful to help the qualified women behind them rise in the ranks. And so that was something that was missing that I saw daily. I mean, I breathed it, not only at Microsoft, but everywhere that I worked. I was always the only person, female in the room, in the boardroom. I thought, okay, how can I help pay it forward to help other women? So I coached them. I have a podcast series. I wrote this book. So I thought, okay, I love storytelling. I wanted to write a business book, but everybody writes a how-to business book. And that, in my opinion, is boring. I want to learn through stories right? And I wanted something between a beachy read and a business book. And it's a little bit of a head scratcher, but I thought less than 200 pages, nonfiction, women throughout the world that I interviewed over the years. Some stories are mine. I'll never confirm or deny which ones. But okay. And then in there is lessons for men of just how to relate to women, how to help women if you're willing to do it, right? And there's a lot of great male champions, not allies. It's champions now, right? Champions. And so I thought, okay. And then in the back of every parable, it's not a chapter, every story, there's five challenges, five solutions. And then I, I sprinkle in some of my coaching, my advisory work of how do you do it? Because we've all been to inspiring keynotes and conferences and we say, oh, that guy, that gal, they were great. I want to be like them, but I don't know how. So I won't and I can't. And then that's it. No, I love to sprinkle tangible takeaways, tangible tools where other people and then uplift themselves. And so that's where that kind of hit me. But then I got struck by lightning, figuratively. I'm writing this book. I thought, wait a minute. 
it's not the corporation's fault, all this research I'm doing, why there's less women in STEM and STEAM. It's not the education's fault. It starts at a young age. So I'm called to inspire girls in STEAM. So I came up with the adolescent version of the adult characters in my book and their plush dolls that I'll be launching this fall. And, it's, and they joined us here in the studio today, too. Here they are, a gaggle of girls with you. Getting crowded in the hot tub here. <laughs> they can hold their own. They can hold their own. So right, you're, you're on a great roll, but I got to ask, explain the difference between STEM and STEAM. STEM, science, technology, engineering, math, correct? Correct. What's STEAM? A. A is arts. And did you add that, or is that someone else added that? No, someone else added that. Okay. There's a big battle out I, there. I think it's awesome, by the way. Thank as, you. As, as a STEM guy. I think it's awesome. Yeah, there's a big battle out there. Yeah. Just like the working mom versus the stay-at-home mom, right? There's a big battleground there. I try yeah. to blur those lines because a stay-at-home mom is a working mom, in my opinion. It's a hard, hard job. It's a yeah. thankless job, right? Yeah. yeah. You're not getting any KPIs at home. And so so it was important for me to include them. So A, arts, but I was also arts and journalism and English that went into T. And I can't fix a broken computer, so don't call me if your computer crashes. Right. But, you know, anyone can be in technology. Anybody can be in science. So I started to study the un- other STEM-related fields. And I thought, wait, I said to myself, women are the underdog in all of this. So there's a common denominator here. And me being the A that went into T using my courage, that I could, this is something that I can pay forward. And I can't tell little girls with plush dolls, I have a five-pillar methodology on calculated risk-taking. What's that? So I call them superpowers. And they're going to be superheroes within their own industry. And they have a superpower. Courage, clarity, confidence, decisiveness, and balance. That have always been my tried and true and go-to when times have been good and bad. And I thought, we can still this in little girls. They'll grow be passionate about things that make them different. And smart is beautiful. So I do, I love Barbie, but I have a hard time with Barbie because I'd rather use my brain. I'd rather use my superpowers for good than just looks, right? Using your assets. You call yourself the chief renovation officer. Tell us about that. Where you got that from? Chief reinvention officer. Well, reinvention. So, I wrote down renovation. Yeah, I was kind of wondering that myself. I'm like, I don't know where you got oh. that. I was looking forward well, to that like, answer, she, but now it makes way more sense. She's like chipping Joanna Gaines out there. And Rick, uh, did you think she was a carpenter? No. <laughs> that was my grandfather, my dad, and my brother. They're real good at that. Yeah. I'm not so much. I'm great at decor, though. So chief reinvention officer. Sorry. Yes. So I've always reinvented myself throughout my many seasons of life. Working in advertising, getting into technology, dog walking, working in a pharmacy. You know, I'm scrappy, right? I'll do anything to earn a dollar in the right, in the right way. But I know that can go seven ways to Sunday. Um, well, but, Laura, you're just, your eyes just roll. I'm like, I didn't know what to do with that. Yeah, no, this is for good. We're good. No, but no job is beneath me bottom line. And my parents instilled that, you know, a good work ethic, having a little grit, never hurt anyone. Right. Absolutely. And so it was so important. It's important for me to teach that to our girls too. You got to have grit. You got to have a good work ethic. So it's reinvention. To me, reinvention has no age limitations. 
right? And so as women age, unlike men, there's a big thing, right? Oh, you got wrinkles, blah, blah, blah. But men, oh, you're becoming more mature. Let's make you the president and CEO, for example, right? But a woman, ooh, are you ready? You have a family. I don't know. Da-da-da. You have other priorities. So there's this unconscious bias that still exists, right? And it's no fault of ours, but we all have, if we care about it, we all have a responsibility to kind of help pave the way to close it. Because if we don't, it takes 132 years and it's not going to be in our lifetime. It's not going to be our kids' lifetime, grandkids. So it's really important to me to say, okay, if I have this courage and confidence to reinvent myself, you can too. And here are the steps that you can do. Because if you're thinking about it and it's pulling your heartstrings, you might as well start dabbling in it. Don't quit your day job. Right? I tell women that I work with, let's see, maybe there's other rules within the company. Don't just leave the company. That's sort of the easy way out. So see if there's somewhere else you can grow. And if not, then maybe, yes, you do have to leave. But if it's pulling at your heartstrings, you can start volunteering. You can start doing something on the side quietly and see, does that speak to you? And make a pros, cons list and listen to the cons. What don't you like? And start shedding it. I think women take on too much. We can do it all. And yes, we can, but maybe we don't want to. And maybe there's things we don't want to do. So we need to be true to ourselves to shed some of that stuff. So you've got this podcast, you call it Theodora Speaks. Tell us a little bit about the story of the name Theodora. And it's an audio podcast. So give us a little um, information about the inspiration for liking that audio podcast medium. Yeah, I don't have to be all dolled up, right, to have a conversation but there is benefit to having video. So I do get challenged by my producers to produce some video. And I probably have to start dabbling that because that thing called YouTube, right? They keep telling me about that. So I think it's a fad. I don't see it staying. There's no, there's no room for us in that market. <laughs> Side note. I nobody, inter- nobody wants to look at us. I have a face for radio. So, side note, I interviewed the CEOs of YouTube's mom on my podcast. Wow. And she's uh, the godmother of Silicon Valley. Wait, the mother of the CEO's mom of YouTube? Yes. That's she, awesome. She wrote a book, side note, How to Raise Successful People. Wow. It's a great it's a great read, and it's a great read for, for moms, whether you're at home or you're working. But side note, she has three successful daughters. Cool. CEO of YouTube, founder of 23andMe. And a, do- a pediatric doctor. Uh, Founder of 23andMe, really? That's amazing. And wow. I was like, is successful the word we need to be using? I mean, this is brilliance, right? Wow. Brilliance. Yeah. So she sprinkles in some of what she did, you know, when, when her girls were little in terms of raising successful people. It's a great book, side note. But where were we? We were saying something? Just the, the name, Theodora. Theodora Speaks. Yeah, yeah. Back to Theodora. It touched home with me because my father's name is Theodore. Get out. Yeah. Okay. And so was his brother. As, and my brother, my oldest brother. It's know, a great the, name. The, the, the uh, what are they called? The golden child or whatever? Yeah. 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 But <laughs> he doesn't listen to this, so don't worry. Yeah. Right. He doesn't. Well, anyway. But, but <laughs> is he older or younger than you? APK? Older, of course. Let's let her tell the story and then you can. I'm afraid you're going to tell the story for her. You know, you know, some of the people like the personal interjections. Yeah. Okay. I'll have a sip. Theodora. Wait. Yeah, you what do you want to continue? I'll let you. No, no. No. Okay. I'm all okay. about you. Oh, thanks. Ooh. So <laughs> Theodora speaks. Back to Theodora. So um But it is your father named No. 
Let what? her tell the story. No, I love it. You're like Howard Stern. Keep okay, this is good. This is good. <laughs> Let her go. But my father's side of the family, so you're correct there. So my grandfather, my dad's dad, was Theodore. There you go. And he came over from the old country, Poland, and there were nine brothers and sisters. And there weren't planes back in the day. This was the boat. And so they all came to America at different times in groups. And they said, we're going to meet in some place called Chicago. And they all went through Ellis Island and by golly, found each other in Chicago. And they were a hoot, but my grandfather was a tool and die maker. So he worked for Ludwig Drums and he made the drums. Maybe Bono uses them, I don't know. Back to Bono or, 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 Bono. Bono. or Bono. Or Bono, right. <laughs> right. Excuse me. Accent on the wrong syllable. Skill. <laughs> Skiing well skill. So he worked for Ludwig Drums. He was a tool and die maker by trade, but he was an entrepreneur by spirit. And he owned a hardware store, a grill, a restaurant. I think when times were bad, he sold shopping carts as a salesman. And he had my dad and my aunt, and he was very successful. And my grandparents were able to travel the world. And he worked until he was 78, 76, something like that, but said he was 65, 68. You've got three more years, PK. Yeah, right. (laughs) Doing the math. (laughs) So he unfortunately passed away at the ripe age of 97. And his wife, my grandmother, was 101. Going back to California, I called her the 101 off of the highway, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But there was longevity there. But he had this entrepreneurial spirit. Good joke there. (laughs) You want to say it? Share it? No? No. Whatever it is, it's inappropriate. I can assure you of that. Okay, so back to Just so you know, things are only inappropriate when his lips are moving. <laughs> <laughs> like the next question. Yeah. So he, okay, now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> the 101. This hot seat longevity. Grandfather. Yes, longevity was on their side, but he had this great work ethic and this grit and a great faith and, you know, had a great family and whatnot. But my dad was very handy. He was very handy. They built a spiral staircase in our house. It was a ranch house and it went to the basement, but the railing was one piece of wood, one piece that they carved and curved and it's beautiful. And so just very, very skilled. And I said, if I ever started my own business, when I grow up, I'd want to honor his name, but how am I going to power women and call it Theodore? It's not going to work. Ted talks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just an idea problem solved fair someone doing that it'll never catch on no never um, it's a fad <laughs> so enter Theodora with an A so I then like okay it. I'll start this podcast name but I thought eh, there's something else there you know it's good I like it it's to my roots and when I was little I'd work in his tool and die room in his basement and he had this radio this AM radio and we watch, listen to the Cubs games. A lot of basements in your life. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Especially in high school, but that's another podcast. Oh, the things so, I pick up on. <laughs> so anyway, back to the basement, he had this great AM radio, and it was this beautiful wood piece of furniture, and it was an airline radio. And we listened to music and whatnot, and so when he passed away, I, I asked my grandma for it, so she gave it to me. And I liken podcasting to the radio gentlemen, right? They don't, they don't have to see us, but they're listening to us now, right? And so it sits in our living room and it's refurbished. It was with me in San Francisco. And so I thought, oh, I'll do this podcast, but there's more to Theodora. So enter Theodora Steam Girls 
is my plush toy line. And eventually there'll be forthcoming books next year that'll, that'll come out. Um, but these will launch this fall. So if you want to check them out, it's like it. a separate book for each. Correct. Group. Correct. Okay. And then a sixth book where they'll co-mingle. And if you want to, if you're so inclined to check it out, it's theodoregirls.com. I mean, this is kind of like American Girls with meaning. Correct. Right? Correct. American yeah. Girls and a little Barbie. With, but with meaning. With I mean, meaning. There's, 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 a, there's a reason they're all who they are. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And like then two of the five girls' names are named after our daughter's middle names. They're, they're here. How would you describe them, gentlemen? They're, they're obviously diverse. They're, they're all dressed differently. They have, they're dressed for different careers. What else am I missing, Gail? Fashion. Love fashion. Hate to shop. And so they're reversible coats. Their clothes come on and off. They're ruffles. My grandfather and I, we love shoes. So they're metallic Mary Janes, not just any Mary Janes. They are all metallic Mary Janes. I didn't even catch that. Nice. What are Mary Janes? Shoes. Look at the shoes. They're all wearing the similar shoes, different colors. Looks like Dorothy. They're all Mary Janes. Dorothy. <laughs> As in cool. Wizard of Oz. But I, but I noticed this one's in a medical schmock. Schmock's a technical term. <laughs> it's a lab coat. It's a I, lab coat. I wanted to say schmock on the, on the podcast. <laughs> So before we get too far away from the podcast and too we far, just lost Gail. too far in left field from PK, back, back to the radio and the audio podcast. So my theory is if you have a video podcast, you know, you're on camera, you're, you're sitting just so maybe your hands are folded, you're smiling, all your body energy is into not your presentation not scratching your head yeah it's your presentation not not who you are in other words you're not relaxed you are right now without the video you are exposing your soul true i think i think true i think a guest on an audio podcast is way better than on a video podcast in terms of really what they say and what they're willing to say i mean you go back to the the late night talk shows that we had for many years and they were very short and sweet and we enjoyed watching the guests, but we really never got a lot out of them. These audio podcasts are awesome. I just, my, my two cents to your producer, you know, you got to do what you got to do to monetize that and to spread your brand, but audio podcasts are the best. A little more authenticity there. No, I love it. So I, I did my little editorial there. So. Whether you agree with me or not. Well, I'd agree because I liken podcasts to the radio, right? right? And that's where you had to listen. So now I'm inviting you to my living room, not the basement. I'm going to be incredibly pragmatic here. The medium of podcasting I look at from the pragmatic standpoint of is where do you listen to podcasts? Typically in your car while you're driving or while you're walking, running, whatever activity you do with your iPhone and your Mm -hmm. wireless headphones that does not lend itself to video per se. Right. Right. True. So that's the way I look at that, but I see both sides. I also do a video podcast. So there's value to both sides of it. It just depends on how you want to do it. But I will agree with Rick's point that the authenticity comes out off camera. Mm -hmm. You can be yourself more when you're not, well, people aren't watching. Obviously sometimes there's a need for, for video yeah. mm-hmm. but if there's 
It just not depends. a need for video. Right. Yeah. It just depends on the purpose of your podcast right. and the audience. I mean, it's hard to talk about five really cool dolls sitting in front of me without the audience being able to see them. And it's very challenging to paint that picture of what I'm looking at. Right. To tell everyone how awesome these five dolls are, which, by the way, for the listening audience, one is a blonde, one is a light brunette, one is a dark brunette, one it looks like she may be of Indian heritage, one may be African American. You can't paint that picture easily. That's where the video becomes your friend. Right. So Or the internet, theodoragirls.com. There you go. Theodoragirls.com. You heard it here first. So a, a few questions. Kind of, I don't want to say they're off script, but hang on. Before we go further, yeah, go I, I want to know one more thing. Like, tell me about the guests on Theodore Speaks. I'd, I'd like to know what what type of guests are you putting on your show. So they're everyday people like me, and they're some semi-famous. But I have to feel it. I have to feel it. What tugs at my heartstrings? So I've you know I've turned guests down, but I have to feel it. What are my listeners going to glean from it? learn from it, grow from it. And so there are women that have successfully failed forward that will share, sure, their success, but their, their tribulations. What happens in the valley? That's where we learn the most. That's a perseverance. That's relatable to people, right? I wasn't in sales just because I enjoyed always winning. I mean, I got rejected a lot. It's just like dating. It's a lot of rejection that happens. But how do you recover from it? How do you pivot? How do you grow? What do you learn? So you really ask your guests to show some vulnerability in telling their stories to you, right? Correct. Is that hard to get out of your guests? Do you find No. It? No, because I try to make it conversational like I am here, like it's like I'm in your living room, your dining room. Definitely not your basement, but <laughs> But I noticed you you said women, but there are men that are for your term allies of women. Correct. So are you interviewing any men? This is my third season, and that's where I introduced three men. Okay. Yes. You, sounds like you got them picked out already. Yeah, they're already live. What have they done? For you? One's Romy, my mentor. Okay. One is a gentleman who is, he left, he's a corporate refugee, as he says. And so he has some great tips for, you know, if you're going to leave and become an entrepreneur, you got to have thick skin, and this is what you need, and pull up your bootstraps, male or female. And then the other gentleman is, he just left Microsoft, but he was a Microsoft colleague and he reads books and he does his book reviews. It started during COVID shutdown on LinkedIn and he would do these book reviews and unbeknownst to me, he read my book and reviewed it. And I was wow. terrified. He's putting this stuff on LinkedIn. I don't know what he's going to say. Did he like it? Did he not? He gave me four or five stars. That's not too bad. Nice. But he found the little bit of breadcrumbs that I left for the lessons for men. And they're very, very positive. And he found them. And I was so impressed. And I was like, would you be a guest on my podcast? Because like, you get it. Nice. And it's a good, it's a good episode. And I saw you had a, a real big name that I know, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Yes. Was on the podcast too. Yeah. I listened to that one. Yeah. So how, how do you land somebody like that that's national? She's a love too. Um, I really so, enjoyed chatting with her. Wait, I missed that one. So in my research, I didn't I didn't hear any or see anything about that. Do tell. So it was my first season and she reached out to me and she said, I'm my second book launching and I want to be on your podcast. I was like, well, what? Little old me, huh? Okay. Tell our audience, who is she? So Dr. Nicole Sapphire, she's a radiologist. Um, that's what she does as her profession. But then she also moonlights on Fox News. And she's the medical sport correspondent to Fox News. And her husband's a 
brain surgeon, as she put it. He's a neurosurgeon. Neurosurgeon. Yes. Yes. And he's great, too, because I reached out to him for a quote on how he would describe his wife and whatnot. And he got right back to me. Yes. And so they have um, three kids, three boys. So here's the thing. So it was this woman I interviewed, and she was on my podcast, and she's kind of friends with her. The kids go to the same school. And so she's, oh, wait, this Theodore Speaks. I want to be on it. And so we've stayed in touch. But wait for it. goes back to my husband. My husband's best friend is their neighbor in New Jersey. Of course. And I was like, wait a minute. I could have called you up, Matt, and asked if your neighbor would be on my podcast. Like, the worlds are colliding. So we were supposed to meet for a glass of wine last fall, but it got too late. It was a school night, so we we couldn't do it. So we're going to rain check it this fall. So, So do you have advice for parents of young ladies, girls? I do. I do. You know, it's hard. So practice makes what? Perfect. Better. Better. What do you say, Paul? I'm going to think about it for a while. All right. You get back to me. Coca-Cola or Pepsi? (laughs) Bono or Bono? (laughs) So it makes progress. And I catch myself too. Oh, that's That's perfect. That's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Look at that twinkle in your eye. So it makes progress, right? Going back to what Scott said. And so it doesn't have to be perfect, but as long as the girls are putting their best foot forward, that the parents are safe havens to come to in good times and bad, even if they're going to get in trouble. I always tell my girls, like, you might get in trouble. You might not. Just tell me the truth. The truth shall set you free. But I want to hear it from you first. I don't want to hear it from somebody else. And so I hope that that sticks, right? I mean, they're still toddlers. We got, I got a long way to go. But it's something that's really important to me. And listening and letting them grow, letting them fail, letting them try something. And if they say they don't want to play soccer anymore, well, okay, finish the season because you signed up for it. So you, you have a commitment, right? So see that commitment through, but then maybe you don't sign up the next season. But be, be supportive and, and kind of live your life through them, not the other way around. And then advice for Jim. Uh, what what should spouses of women do to support their their steam careers? Be really good listeners and huggers. Sometimes we don't want the problem solved. We just want to talk through it and be heard. We don't need the problem solved. Which is a stereotype, right? It I've is. He- I've heard that. It is. And he's in operations and God love him. I mean, I'm not, right? He's great with spreadsheets. I'm not. But I can, you know, work that room at the cocktail party, no problem. And speaking of stereotypes... There's a stereotype that a lot of women don't like working for other women. Is there any truth to that? A kernel of truth to that? No truth to that? Good Popcorn kernels. Okay. Absolutely. Why? You know, that's also why I left when I left because the women that are doing it right are paying it forward. The women that aren't are still living in. There's only so many seats at the table. So show me what you got. Prove to me that you've earned it. Yes, you need the work ethic and proof, right? You got to work hard, but there needs to be some coaching and guidance along the way versus this. This took me this long to get here. And they did. And every woman that's before me, right, has helped pave the way. So I'm very, very grateful. But there are women that are still kind of, it's very competitive. And I experienced it firsthand and it disgusted me. It's like, wow. You know, my boss that was a male said, hey, why don't you talk my boss wants to talk to you and he's going to be your sponsor. You can meet with him. I don't need to know when you meet with him. You can meet with him every month. You don't have to tell me. I thought, wow, that's big. 
that's big. You don't feel threatened that I'm going to talk to your boss. And I love my manager. I mean, I'd still work for him to, to this day if I ever go back to corporate America. But more women need to take a page out of that book. Less competition, less drama in the workplace, and, and help the qualified women climb. So how could women, well, women and men bosses make that different? Or, or help make that work better in the future? Just help. Be, be mentors, right? Be, be open. Stay, and, open the door. Yeah. You know, be open. Have a conversation. And it might not be for this job or the next job. Maybe they can bench those people and, and show the interest. But the open, the authentic open door policy goes a long, long way. So how do you think siblings, and in particular, the gender of siblings, and, and I'm addressing young ladies now, do you think it helps for a young lady to have a brother? You had a brother. Mm -hmm. Do you think you're better off for having a brother, or do you think you would have had the same experience if your brother was a sister? My brother's very protective of me, and I'm protective of him. And so much so he's younger than me, but people always think he's older than me, and we're still very close. We have a very you know unique relationship where we're both driven, but it's not competitive. We're always cheering each other on. And I think he taught me some, you know, helped me toughen my skin like my dad did. He helped me do that too. You know, there were a couple bad breakups where they had to come save me and, you know, and they did. Another podcast, but, <laughs> um, but you know, they, they toughened my skin. One, uh, b before we let you go and we're getting near the end here, but tell us a little bit about why you, you kind of said it earlier, but why you really ended up in Elmhurst? Why, why not Oak Brook? Why not Glen Ellen? Well, you, you kind of said you yeah, wanted to get out of Glen Ellen, but I mean, why not Lombard? And why not Villa Park? Why not Wheaton? Why Elmhurst? My husband's family, his grandparents lived here. And mm -hmm. so he spent a lot of like the Sunday dinners there. And because he's Italian, because <laughs> he's German oh, wait. and English. No? Yeah, maybe the, watch the Heidelberg. Yeah, definitely uh, not. No, no Polish. Is his name Gottlieb? <laughs> close, very close. Yeah, Jim's James Jimmy depends on the day. Uh, so it wasn't too far from the city. We both had jobs in the city, so it was you know easy train ride. You could take an express train. Bonus, you can't do that from Glen Ellen. Shout out to Elmhurst. We're in the middle of the Chicago metropolitan area. Yeah, That's a true story. Amen. Right, you're tw you're twenty minutes from O'Hare, if that. We were 20 minutes from both of our moms, so that was important. And you plan to stay in Elmhurst for the near future, you and your husband? Right now, we do. Good. We do. We love the mountains, though, so who knows? Who doesn't? We don't have those here. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. It's a little it's a flat. little flat. Have you been to Barron's Park? Eldridge Park? Oh, sledding. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some sledding hills. <laughs> Elevation... 25 feet above grade. <laughs> you you got to train different for the altitude at Eldridge Park. I do get a little winded up yeah, there. You don't want to get altitude sickness. Any hobbies? Love to, to cook. Don't like to bank. Wait, Especially in the go. mountains. You and I have that wait, in common. Wait, did love you to say cook. you love to cook? Love to cook. Oh, but don't that. like to bake. It's just like hey, me. What's guys. the specialty? No, but date night I like to go out. My husband's like, sure. why not? You're a great cook. I'm like, well, that's not on date night. Hello. Right. I want to yeah. put on makeup and look all gussied up. But I, I'll cook anything from Italian, not so much Polish. Um, fish. And you know, I'm instilling that in the girls, too. So they've got their little kids' knives that won't cut them, but they'll cut a carrot. <laughs> and so they kind of they help out, too. 
I think teaching kids to cook is just an awesome way, A, to connect, and B, to teach them a life skill. Mm-hmm. My wife just sent me a picture last week of my daughter. First thing she learned to make were deviled eggs, for me, of course. Um, and I just think it's a great way to connect with your kids. So kudos to you. Um, f- favorite vacation spots? Love love the mountains. Love the beach, though. I mean, if I get you, if I had to pick, like you made me pick in the rapid fire, it's mountains. But Which mountains? Oh, I mean the McDowell or something special in Arizona, the Rockies. I go west over east. Yeah, less fair, less fair. mosquitoes and poisonous snakes. How about the Although Black, Arizona Black Hills? Been to been to the Black Hills? No. Oh, you gotta go check it out. Or um, Bavaria. Mm. I'm serious. Podcast road trip. Laughing? Two there things that are like nowhere near each other. I know, but they're the South two Dakota most- or Bavaria. <laughs> In my head, they're the two most beautiful places in the world, and they have mountains. You heard it here first. Yeah. Oh, wait. I have been to the Black Hills. My bad. Flipping time. South Dakota? Yeah. Wall Crazy dr- horse. Wall, wall drugs? Crazy, Crazy horse, horse. Yeah. yeah. Mount Rushmore? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So pet projects or charities that you're involved with? Love Michael J. Fox Foundation. Unfortunately, my dad had Parkinson's. And so we started the Chicago Arm. Young Professionals uh, Organization, affiliation of the Michael J. Fox Foundation. I did get to meet him once. That's awesome. So still involved with that. And uh, as this business grows, I definitely, you know, want to give back to the community and whatnot. So in my book, my adult book, each character has at least two or three charities that she gives back her time, talent, and treasure to because philanthropic work is very, very near and dear to my heart. Oh, my God. Time, talent, treasure. Right out of your book. Support your local food pantry. But you haven't written a book yet like Gail has. It's all in my head. Yeah. But, but Gail, any personal or professional regrets? Well, I didn't play volleyball in high school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you, you, you just completely dismissed the entire sport of volleyball. Eh, nah, go away, volleyball. I mean, I, when I did the underhand, which I don't think you can do nowadays, the you ball can. would go they straight don't. and it spins. <laughs> It's spun yeah, and it, people couldn't return it. I think that's a move. Yeah. I, I think that's going to come back. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned piano. You had... I gave up piano because I wanted to have long nails. So did I don't I. have long nails anymore. No, I told wow. my parents my hands were too small. <laughs> I, I think you're I can't grew. comment. I'm not going to so comment. So you mentioned you have two girls. Tell us a little bit about what your girls do. Where do they go to school here in Elmer since it's an Elmer's podcast? ICGS, Immaculate Conception. So uh, they'll be in first grade and, and pre-K four. Go Knights. Go Knights. No, Go they're, Knights. They're the pages. So do they do, do either Go of Knights. them do the Bumblebee soccer yet where they all chase the ball yes. around the soccer field or whatever sport they're into? Yeah. Soccer, gymnastics. Uh, my my four-year-old, they did a little soccer camp recently. The team was coaches against the kids. Three to Three to one. My youngest got two of the three goals. <laughs> so I think the future is bright with some sort of sport with her. And then my eldest is a fashionista. She puts me to shame. I mean, the, the outfit she comes up with, oh, dad's taking me to Southtown Dogs tonight. I got to wear a dress. I'm like, you're eating outside. You're eating a hot dog. Really? Got to wear wow. a dress. Got to put on don't, my clip on. Don't you judge her. <laughs> I know, but she puts me to shame. I mean, it's amazing. She looks gorgeous. Awesome. So what else is on your bucket list, either in terms of an experience, an accomplishment, or a destination? It might be that simple. Mm. Anything in particular? I'd love to get to Arizona. You've never been to Arizona. Oh, I've been to Arizona a lot in the last 20 years, and I'd love to, you know. You want to go back? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like uh, maybe live there. You mean you left your heart in Arizona? Yeah. And San Francisco. I mean, and some wine. Some grapes. 
<laughs> so you like the warm weather or what? Tony like the warm weather. Yeah. Tony Bennett just Love passed. Tony Bennett. He left his heart in San Francisco. I got to see him at Ravinia. Did you really? That was something Did special. you really see him or did you just hear him? No, I could see him. So you actually had the seats, though. You could, no, I mean, I was on the grass kind of, drinking wine back yeah, to wine. There's nothing wrong with the lawn. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's just the question you have to ask about Ravinia, right? So, PK, you want to take us home with our favorite question, and then, then we'll end with uh, Gail giving some information on where you can get more information about her business. So, God forbid you were ever in a foxhole. Who would you be there with? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Wow. Brilliant. <laughs> it's just brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. You know, <laughs> magic lasso. It gets magic people. lasso in her her uh, invisible plane. Yeah, keep talking. That Brain. invisible la- that that lasso gets people to tell the truth. You know, she's brave. She's beautiful. How about that, Linda Carter? There were a lot of young boys. That would have loved to have been trapped in Linda Carter's (laughs) magic lasso, is all I have to say, many years ago. Have you seen her golden cuffs, too? stunned us. Oh, yeah. And now threw in the cuffs. Wow. That was an answer I did not expect. (laughs) Yeah, taking us all back. You wanted me to say Tony Bennett? No, 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 no. no, no. That's what Lady Gaga would say, though. I didn't even have to say. It's true. Don't don't include your husband. Yeah. You know, it just came out. Most of the time, that question, people go immediately to their spouse. As if like, but we negate the spouse. Yeah, and we, we didn't have. We to disqualify that answer. Sorry, husband. Let him save me, right? <laughs> Let him come to my rescue if I'm in this foxhole. Well, That's if awesome. Wonder Woman's there, he'll probably be there in RP. I, I actually believe Wonder Woman's the definitive answer to the question. Now, I thought it sounds Brilliant. to me. It's in summary. It sounds to me like there are two Wonder Women in the, in the foxhole. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I heart Isn't you. Paul. Aren't you kind? So, folks want to get in touch with you for whatever reason. Maybe they want you to speak. Maybe they want coaching. Uh, maybe they're they have some interest in the dolls. What's the best way to get a hold of you? I assume somewhere through your website. Through the website. So there's two websites: gailkeller.org, very original, but gailkeller.org. G A spell Gail. G A Y L E. Okay. Yeah, my mom wanted a Y in everybody's name. My brother's Ryan R Y O N, the Gaelic spelling. So we still we're in our 40s, and we have to still spell our first names to this day. Um, and then theodoragirls.com. So gailkeller.org and theodoragirls.com. Theodora, T-H-E-O-D-O-R-A. Correct. Okay. Awesome. There's no why in that. No why. Yeah, don't tell my mom. That's why they say sometimes why. Okay, and then your book that's out currently, is it available on Amazon? Yes. Both Kindle and regular? Yes. How about other bookstores locally, Annie? Trying to, but because I'm on Amazon, Main Street shuts me down, which I don't blame them. How about Elmer's Public Library? Do they have one yet? Working on it, but if you're going through Indianapolis on I-65, I'm in the Indianapolis Public Library. Just go to Amazon, get it. Like, yeah. The, like the director minutes. of the library was at your uh, oh at your presentation we a couple weeks ago. Yes, and I just she's got, a friend of the podcast. She's been on our podcast, Mary oh, Beth. Yeah. Harper, yeah, she's okay. great. I didn't meet Ms. Harper, but I she's just awesome. got the email the other day that I'm going to be in the Authors Fair. Oh, there you go. Awesome. Yeah. So come yeah. f- come see me in August, August 19th, from 10 to 2 at the Elmhurst Public Library. 10 to 2, EPL.org, I believe? I think so. Sound right? Will this be or, aired before August 19th? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it'll be aired in the next week. All right. And we're, on, we're here on July 31st, 2023, for those that are interested. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gail. It was Gail. great to be with Thank you. Thank you, Gail. So fun, yes. gentlemen. Yeah. Keep up the great work. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you.
the E-Town Lowdown, brought to you by the wonderful folks at the Elmhurst Armpit Orchestra, featuring the biggest bass drum in the world at nine feet in diameter. Yes, you heard that right, nine feet in diameter. This has been a special presentation of the E-Town Lowdown.